This episode of ArcaSpeak is brought to you by Arcat. Summer is for being outdoors and going on vacations, not spending extra hours in the office. Luckily, Arcat can help. No matter where you are, on a sandy beach, or are in your vacation home. Wait, vacation home. Oh, Who has that? <laughs> I'd love that. RCAT has a great tool to help you stay connected with colleagues and clients. RCAT's free service, Charette, allows you to create projects, collaborate, assign tasks, share thoughts, or simply create a portfolio to promote your firm, and they do this all for free. Just go to RCAT.com and click on Charette at the top of the page. That's rcat.com, A-R-C-A-T dot com. And thanks for them for sponsoring this episode of ArcaSpeak. Welcome to ArcaSpeak, the podcast that talks about what it's like to work in the profession of architecture. Welcome to episode 148 of the ArcaSpeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. So this episode, we wanted to start off and talk about an email that we got from a student. And she is an atmospheric science major at the University of Georgia. And uh, so I'm just going to kind of paraphrase her email here because it was a, you know, it's a, it's a pretty decent paragraph. But uh, basically, the, it comes down to she she's really unhappy with what she's studying and she has realized that she wants to change over change her major into something that she loves and so she has decided to make a big leap from atmospheric science and move across the country okay so there there's another <laughs> part of, part of the question that's that's a big one right so let's let's change locations completely let's change majors completely and she wants to go study architecture basically she's going to have a year off of what she's doing now before she begins. And so she wants to know what to, she should be doing with her time so that she's not wasting it. That's what we wanted to kind of talk about here first. Cormac, I know that you have some thoughts on this because you took some time off between a couple of different things too. Yeah. And and I have some ideas about this too. Well, first I would like to just applaud her. I mean, anybody who goes to the University of Georgia should leave the University of Georgia now. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry, Bulldogs, but... <laughs> War Eagle. Send your emails to Cormac. Hey, right. You know what? Come on, man. Uh, I'm an Auburn man, and they're one of our major rivals. So, oh, okay. <laughs> Come on, man. SEC. That's that sports thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's I gather. It is. That is. Trust me. It is that sports thing. And I don't really think that that's the thing. Actually, what's uh, what was interesting is you know she got into you know she said in her letters like got into atmospheric science hoping to do something with math to make money right i'm hoping that at least she knows <laughs> don't get into architecture for money <laughs> even though there is some math in architecture there's not really money no there could be money if you if you're smart absolutely i will say this sure. you know as we've said in the past make sure that regardless of the architectural studies that you do make sure that you also take some business courses. Well, I think that she kind of is pointing out that because she thought that that would be the path to something that would fulfill her based on that a couple of different criteria, and it turns out that that didn't work. And so now it sounds like she's going after something that she really wants to do. And so I think that there, 
whether you make a lot of money or not, it doesn't sound like that's the driver anymore. Right. It sounds right. like it's it's feeling fulfilled. Yeah, quality of life, feeling fulfilled, feeling like you're doing something. So Mariah, my path was not quite as similar. I didn't start school first and then change majors and change locations. Although you are going out to Arizona and I have some good friends that went to the University of Arizona in their architecture program. And it's a really good program. So if that's where you end up, I believe you will enjoy it. There's my little sidebar of that. But so when I got out of the army and I knew I was going into architecture school, I was accepted into the program at Auburn University. But because I was a transfer student, I needed to go into their summer option program. And when I got out of the army in June the summer option program for that particular year had already been filled. So there was no spot for me there. So I had to wait a year. And for that year, just by chance, by choice, or it's a long conversation that I don't really want to get into of why I ended up at Troy State University, which is now Troy University, but I went there. And I wanted to take courses, both the general ed courses, which I'm assuming you probably already have done, but I also wanted to take things that I felt like weren't necessarily part of an architectural curriculum, but would enrich my architectural experience, maybe not necessarily in school, but beyond school. And so I took, I kind of double majored because I was, one of the things that I needed to do, and I don't hopefully maybe the GI bill is a little bit different nowadays, which is, don't know why I'm on this tangent, but is <laughs> does not apply. It does not apply, but I had to pick a major to basically have them start my GI bill. So I actually double majored because I knew I wasn't really, I, I just wanted to enrich myself as, as much as possible. And so I took anthropology with a concentration of archeology span and fine arts those were my majors. So I kind of focused in on anthropology. And and to be quite honest with you, I think more so, and this is going to sound weird coming from me, even more so than the fine arts year that I took, which was the only fine arts that I've ever taken in my life, ironically enough. But I think that my anthropology, cultural anthropology, really helped me focus and understand humanity and understand where the historical path of, of human civilization and things like that, and kind of giving me an understanding of human culture and things like that. And, and that's what we do in architecture is we're, we may be placemakers, but we're culture creators. I mean, we, we help shape the way people live and, and what they do and how they interact and all of that other stuff. And to me, honestly, I really enjoyed everything that I got out of that. Now, I mean, as a sidebar, because I did have a concentration in archaeology, I got to go out on some digs. And to be quite honest with you, that was the coolest thing ever. I don't know if anybody's ever had an experience where... Now, my my experience was is that I'm in the middle of nowhere, Alabama, and I'm digging on a historic archaeological site, and we were trying to uncover... It was Department of the Trans of Transportation. They were building a road. They came across some old historic buildings, or at least the foundations that were basically underneath the ground. And as we were digging 
uncovered that it was a early 18th century grist mill. And, and it was right off of a creek bed. And we were digging in both the creek bed and right along the banks and everything else. But as we're doing that, and we're digging down, you know, to try to get to the bottom of these foundations and stuff. And, and because I was taking fine arts and I wanted to go into architecture and stuff, they had me doing the Habs and hair drawings. And I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but it's basically the historic, and I don't, for, I've forgotten the acronym by now, but it basically was just the historic documents documenting and drawing out a historic building. Wow. They do it for large buildings. They also do it for historic archaeological sites. Very cool stuff. And so I got to use my, my future knowledge, the knowledge I didn't have at the time, but I got to use my future knowledge. Your interest, yeah. To do that. And what was even better is because this was on a centuries-old creek bed, as we were digging for the foundations of this grist mill, and as we're kind of expanding out the dig, we also run into some Creek Indian sites. And we're uncovering shards of pottery, stamped pottery that were a century old. And we don't do that in this country. We don't have things that are centuries old that we come in contact with every day. I mean, if you're in Europe and stuff like that, or you're in the Middle East or things like that, you, you run into things that are that old all the time. Things that are that old that are still in use. This country, we don't do that. We don't have that. And <laughs> for me to like be able to like dig down in there and find you know, all of this pottery and stuff like that and find old fire pits and just existence of human life before our known historical human life was just absolutely amazing. And, and those are the things that I, I remember learning in my gap year, if we want to call it that, between architecture school and in the army that I still carry with me today because I think about what is going to be the archaeological significance of my building in the future? I mean, is, is this going to be anything that somebody is going to uncover in the future? Or is this something that's just going to be torn down and disposed of now? And, you know, in you know, like 30 years, once the warranties run out. So I think about that. I think about the permanence or the temporary nature of, of our buildings that we do. And, and to me, I, I think that had a great impact on what I do now and how I think about things now and how I design now and, and how I build now and try to, to detail things with less temporary measures of just like, oh, well, you know, if you just build this and real quick and easy to get that cladding up over this thing to cover it over. And I was like, no, let's try to think about how we can make this thing last. So in the very long circuitous route to answering that question <laughs> or giving her ideas of things to do, I honestly would suggest if you are going to be in school in the gap year between starting moving out to Arizona. Sounds like she's taking the year off. If she takes the year off, then honestly, I, I can give her an example of what I did when I took my four years off in between architecture school, which was basically drive from Alabama. So not too far from Georgia and not too far from Athens, Georgia, where University of Georgia is out to Arizona and visited as many historic and Native American sites as I could just to experience how, because once you get into architecture school, as you guys can remember and recall or possibly attest to, you're going to learn about all of these different historic structures of some way or another. You're going to learn about Europeans. You're going to learn about early Americans, Native Americans, and you're going to learn about all these things. And you, you have an opportunity, the route between Georgia and Arizona 
is chalk filled complete just utter for me just joy of historical buildings and historical culture all the way through and i i would suggest do that because i mean one when else are you ever going to have that opportunity and two it so will enrich the the future of yours and you'll see the difference between how people lived back in the day in some of these native american anastasi sites like in arizona and new mexico mm-hmm. and utah and in colorado where you're going to be you're going to be in utah and colorado in coming weeks and right. and to be able to like go to some of these places and and see how they lived lightly on the landscape and things like that always have stuck with me it's just like how can i tread lightly on this earth with my new building that is going to do little to no harm mm-hmm. the the little boy scout motto of leave no trace you know when you're like cleaning up your camp campsite and then moving out well cultures lived that way right they lived like leave no trace or lighten your footprint and stuff like that so i mean that that's to me that's a great opportunity to just travel the southern half of the united states from georgia to arizona and look and see what there is to offer out there in culturally significant historical architecture. That's my two cents. It's a very long two cents, though. (laughs) Two cents doesn't have a time limit, I guess. Uh, Apparently not. (laughs) My advice is, I mean, there's a lot of similarities, but I, so I'll try to focus on the, the additions or the differences. I think one of the the things that I, I love about having time, like you, you can see this whole year, out in front of you mm-hmm. is that you can learn. I'm a huge fan of learning without a speed limit. You know, yeah. you've oh, got, yes. you don't have to wait through a quarter or a semester or two of those or three of those to learn whatever it is that you want to learn. You have a year and you can learn all of that stuff that you would learn in school during that time on your own. I, I fully believe that. You have the ability now with, there's tons of online courses and there's tons of resources out there for you to be able to dig in, dive in, go deep into anything that you want to learn about. And so really what what I would, and sorry, I'm I'm a little sick here, so I'm going to try not to talk too much, but I I would really dive deep and study the masters, study the masters of the craft of architecture and I think things like that will really give you a head start. I am fully on board with what Cormac was saying about gaining real experiences, experiencing architecture, not just reading about it, not just looking it up online. Um, as any listener of the show knows, and I'm a huge advocate of getting out and actually experiencing it for yourself. But you have the ability to read about the masters and read about what they thought. And I think that's probably the most important thing. How they're, The way that they thought is very different from a lot lot of the way that architects practice today. Yeah. So I would definitely look into figure out who you think, and and you guys remember when the internet was new (laughs) and, and there was, you would, you would go online and you would be reading an article and there would be a link and you would click on that link and it would take you somewhere else. And by the end of the day, you would be nowhere near where you started. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, the whole idea of hyperlinks was I mean, it takes you to another world, to another world, to another world. And I think that that's what you have the possibility of doing, Mariah, when you're studying here or when you want to kind of get a head start is you can 
find something to find a place to start that's interesting and don't care about where it takes you. Right. And and you've got the rabbit hole in front of you. You don't know where it's going to go. There's so many places you could start, but I again, I would just start focusing on the masters of architecture and everybody could define that list differently, but just to throw some names out there of where to start. And sorry guys, this is probably a pretty male heavy list, but so let's start with Denise Scott Brown and Robert Venturi. Let's go with the Eameses, yeah. Louis Kahn, Rudolf Schindler, uh, Saarinen's The Father and the Son, John Lautner, Adolf Loos, Craig Elwood, Glenn Merkett, Alvar Alto. You know, there's just so many names out there that you could st- use as a starting point. And, and all of these were not just great architects, but they were great thinkers and they had long careers. And I think that there's so many interesting things that you could look into there. Let me throw just a few in just to that list of, so I'm, I'm thinking about her path, you know, now you guys, California boys don't know this, but I'm thinking about her path (laughs) from Athens, Georgia to wherever, if it's Tucson or Phoenix, you know, depending on where she's going, if it's state or university of Arizona or Taliesin, that pathway to get there, she's got so many interesting cities that she can stop in. Montgomery, Alabama's got this amazing, what I used to call this Alabama Bauhaus movement in these beautiful old modern buildings that were being done by this one architect, Clyde Pearson, which, you know, no one really knew, but Clyde Pearson was kind of like the father of modernism kind of down South. And then you've got, you know, Paul Rudolph in Florida, and then you've got Mm -hmm. Faye Jones, God, I'm thinking, trying to think of some of the more the more modern architects, but I mean, you you can stop in uh, New Orleans, you can stop in Dallas, Texas, you know, you can stop through all of these different places and just kind of really experience some of this architecture, you know, from the masters. What Evan's talking about, you can experience some of these. Now, I will say this: <laughs> one place that is a must on your drive out, and I'm. I'm just assuming you're driving out there and not flying. Yeah, I hate out to there, burst but... your bubble, but she's flying. Yeah. No, no, you're you're driving. <laughs> Mariah, I'm telling you, you're driving. And the reason you're driving is because you're going to go from your first stop is going to be from Athens, Georgia to Greensboro, Alabama. Why are you stopping in Greensboro, Alabama? You're stopping in Greensboro, Alabama because you're going to the rural studio for Auburn University. And you want to learn about why you want to pick architecture. You want to learn about what the citizen architecture movement really is about. You want to learn about how to, as I quote all the time, how to proceed and be bold in this profession. You Mm -hmm. stop in Greensboro, Alabama, you go and you, you get a tour of the rural studio. You will come out of there feeling like you just watched a Rocky movie. You will want to punch some architecture, as I said, like (laughs) ages ago in another show. You will learn how, why, like, I am so passionate about architecture and why people really love this profession. And you will learn why, even though there's going to be some downs in you know, your studies and you're going to have some ups and all of this other stuff. And it carries on through your, your, the profession, you know, when you're, you know, out working, but you're going to see why we make such an impact on this world when you go and you visit Greensboro, Alabama. And so I'm just going to tell you, 
You have to. It's a must. It's not, it's not a, it's, it's not a, you know, oh, you should. No, no, you I would agree. have to drive there. You are so close right now that you've got to go there and visit Greensboro, Alabama in the rural studio. And you're just going to see what kids that your age are doing to have such a dramatic impact on people's lives and society in general. And then as you're driving out there, I want you to stop one more place, Marfa, Texas. Marfa, Texas is just amazing what's going on there. And there's some people from the rural studio out in Marfa, Texas doing some great work, like my buddy Jack Sanders that I graduated with. I wonder if he's, I think he's still going by Jack. I don't know. But he's doing some fantastic work out in Marfa. And you know, he's just this, he's kind of like a Bedouin architect and, and he's doing just some great work out there. And there's just some great architects along the way yep. in Oklahoma, all sorts of things that you just would not believe there's great architects out there. Rand Elliott, right? Yeah, Rand Elliott. I was going to say, stop in, stop in Oklahoma City and see Rand Elliott. And if you want to get inspired, that was where the, the <laughs> let's go punch some architecture came from is, is listening to Rand Elliott talk. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of inspiration out there and go find it. You were talking, Evan, about studying the masters and stuff. And I don't know if you guys have heard about, I signed up for that edX. Yeah stuff and yeah. and there are some great lectures by some fantastic architects out there that just reinvigorate me anytime like i'm feeling a little like down about something ted talks and edx are great places to go to just like re-energize or reintroduce to to why i do this they had a class on how to read architecture didn't they yeah yeah that one i, I heard really good things about that you one. know what they should do is they should have a class on how to read architects yeah <laughs> That'd be a, that would be something interesting. Oh, Predoc. Go see Predoc in, in Arizona and in, in New Mexico. He's New Mexico, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's got a lot of good stuff out in, in, in both areas. But yeah, he's New Mexico based and he basically the southeast. Go back to the show that we talked about where Evan had visited Taliesin West and Arcasani. Arcasani and just go there and, and just see what people are doing because honestly and, and treat it treat it like the web. Treat it like just don't plan it all out. No. Just go no. and, and find an interest and follow it and see where it takes you. So when I had the financial break from school, uh, can we call it that? Yes, that's a nice way to put it. When I ran out of money and I couldn't afford to go to school anymore, when I dropped out for the first year, I was kind of an aimless wanderer. I went out to Arizona to visit my sister and... I'm not suggesting this because this is, it is a fun way to travel, but it's, if you're not ready for it, you don't do it. Get an old, like I had an old 1980 Triumph TR7 convertible British sports car. It's a key component to a, to a wandering lifestyle. It's a a key component because, you know, they never break down ever. They are (laughs) reliable as hell. Because they're British. Yes. Don't believe me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, because what was funny is that I knew where I was going. I was going to Arizona to visit my <laughs> The sister. car was going to do everything it could to keep you from achieving that and, goal. And I swear to you, it broke down in so many different places. But what the cool thing was about that was is that every time it broke down, because I was broke, I, I just kept that, that theme going. Yes. I needed to make some money. And so I would take these like temp jobs. I, I took a temp job basically collecting eggs on a farm in New Mexico. The farmer also happened to have a body shop and services center and basically helped me fix my car enough to go on to the next destination to break down. And how did I pay him back? 
I, I didn't pay him back with money because I didn't have any. I worked for it. Yeah, you, you had your own episodes of Dirty Jobs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was tremendous. That's something that shaped me as well. But it was just, it was just amazing because I didn't plan. I planned on the destination. I didn't plan on the route. And the route really took me to some places that I never thought I was ever going to be. I never thought I was going to be in West Memphis. Was it Arkansas? Yeah. Yeah, West Memphis, Arkansas. And then pushing my car into East Memphis, Tennessee. Pushing it in. <laughs> pushing it in. And I never expected to do a lot of these things. And I did them, but they were experiences that I kind of looked back at them. And there was a huge architectural component to all of those. You might not think that way, but I, there was a huge monstrous architectural component to all of that because I got to see places that I never thought I would see. And those little small towns really did kind of stick in my psyche. That's awesome. And I, I would also just implore you to document whatever you do this summer or this year, this coming year. Draw, 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 draw too. Some, yeah, it's like that, and that's what I mean by document. I don't mean like just write a journal, but, but draw stuff, record stuff. But do that too. Um, just photograph. Just, yeah, just make, make something out of this time that you have. I, I think it's going to be like, like Cormac is alluding to here. It's, it's a very personal kind of life, life shaping thing, even though it's really amorphous at the same time, right? It could go anywhere. It could do anything, but it's going to be one of those things that you look back upon. That's, completely hopefully i mean we're we're just kind of dreaming out loud here but <laughs> we're living vicariously through your future <laughs> yeah. it's it's one of these things where you can't you can't define it and so i would just document the the crap out of this thing oh, yeah. so that you'll be able to look back on this probably more life-shaping event than actually getting a, a, a proper air quotes architectural education because i think that there's definitely something to being in the studio and, and the camaraderie of of the other, working with the other students and and going through that process, but you've got this opportunity right now. You can become an architect in in this time. Oh my god! Much yes. more so than than by just kind of working the year away and and saving. But you could probably figure out other ways to live. You know, go establish your residency so that you've got mail showing up somewhere. But then, like, leave it at that. Go, yeah. go off and don't, don't go work somewhere, figure out how to live the most lean way that you can so that you can experience as much as you can and document the crap out of it. It would be amazing. I mean, there's a, obviously I'm, I'm totally projecting here. I wish I could have done <laughs> something like that. Now I, I do, I do everything I can to grasp at, at ideas yeah. like this because it's, it's so, it would be so meaningful. All right. I think it's time to bring it back to reality. No, here. Neil. What is <laughs> the yes. reality do about that? <laughs> yes. Okay, so first off, let me preface this. We, I actually have somebody working for me right now that is was in a similar position or maybe is in a similar position, although he's a year past our listener what is right now. And what he ended up, he actually finished his degree because he kind of came to this realization towards the end of his undergraduate degree. And so he he actually did what Evan just said not to do, which was work, um, mainly because I think he, he needed the money, right? I mean, you have to raise the money, as Cormac well knows, to go to school. And so what he's 
did with that year was to to ask if he interviewed in our place, but and we ended up hiring him is like a year long internship. And so we don't, don't normally do those sorts of things, but it's actually worked out great. And so he's worked this year. And so he's gained a year of experience of working in an, in an office, doing many different tasks so that at least with, I feel that when he moves beyond, he's going to go back to school and get a master's because he already has his undergraduate degree. So it's a little different there, but he's going to have a broader experience of what it's like to actually work in the profession of architecture and can make a choice. Like I like doing that, or I don't like doing that because I I've done this and that was cool and it was good experience. And then at the same time, he's also logging hours for his um, AXP, AXP now. And so he's, he's logging time for that so he can move forward to get his license eventually. So while everything you guys said is great and perfect, and I, I wouldn't not say not do that, but an alternative is to think for your future of becoming an architect and practicing in architecture is that you can you can do this as well, right? I mean, I think Evan's right in that you do have potentially an entire year here to go off and do the things that you probably will never have an opportunity to do once you graduate, once you get started working. It's rare that somebody can take a year off and, and go on these sort of expositions or something that, you know, you travel for a year and, and do what Evan said, play it like the web and you just never know where you're going to go. That's fantastic and, and probably a life changing sort of experience. And I wouldn't not discourage you to not do that. But at the same time, if you need to earn a living for a while and save up some money and you can gain some experience in working in an office and see what that's like. And maybe that's a little bit of a confirmation on, am I making the right decision, right? Because you're going to work in an office or practice architecture. There's lots of different ways to practice architecture. And we've talked about a number of them throughout this course of this podcast over the years. But I think this would give you an, um, a little bit of insight into whether or not you're making the right decision. So, so let me respond real quick to that because sure. I totally think that that a lot of people probably think like that and I think that it is a very safe thing to do. And so yeah. she she signed her letter young and determined. <laughs> I love that. I think that to me that speaks volumes about the type of person that she is uh, and I don't know her at all. Um so I think that that is a safe thing to do. I think it might be difficult to get a job with absolutely zero experience, but she she has she's working toward a degree, so she's not like a high schooler, uh, and and so who knows? Maybe she could land some kind of an internship somewhere or something. But I would never do the thing that I'm going to do for the rest of my life during this year. Never. There's no way that I would go work for an office to figure. Like she she's already determined that this is what she wants to do. I would not go spend a year doing what I am absolutely going to be doing without a shadow of doubt for the rest of my life, probably because architects don't retire. They die at the desk, right? Yep. And so why would you go do that now when, when you could do anything now? Right. And I'm going to echo that 
same sentiment, Neil. I mean, I, I agree that that is a good, safe thing to do. And it puts money in your pocket and it gives you practical experience. But you're going to get that practical experience eventually. You know, you will graduate or you will intern while you're still in school and things like that and and develop that. I mean, I, I can see one side of that coin is let me work in an office and make sure this is exactly what I want to do. Or the other side is let me go and explore. Let me go and enrich myself in other ways other than just sitting down at a desk and stuff. Because, you know, it's it's going to give you, I mean, if you're open and paying attention when you're working and if you're young and working in a firm prior to graduation, you're going to, you know, they're going to give you the, the tasks that are the easy ones or not the necessarily fun or glamorous things. And you could have a skewed perspective on what the profession is. Because they're essentially giving you work. They're giving you busy work that they don't want to do. I'll disagree with that, but go on. Okay, good. I'm I'm only going to disagree with that because that is exactly what has not happened for this one individual. So I'm just saying you, you can, you can make, maybe that's 90% of the people out exactly. there, but that's not every experience. But being young and determined as she signed her letter and you're right, Evan, I, I thought that was fantastic, you know, because she's got a focus and she knows what she wants to do. And she is looking for things to enrich her education before she gets to the education. And, and I don't think working in an office is that I don't think that's what's going to enrich your education before you get into the education of architecture. You can, I just think you're wrong. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. Could be. I mean, you know, there's a lot of ways you could go with this, right? Absolutely. For sure. The the thing that this profession is... I accept is, your apology. The, the thing that this <laughs> profession is trying to do is discourage the lifestyle that you live, which is hating architecture. <laughs> <laughs> With a passion. <laughs> I mean... Passionately. Passionately yes. hating it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want people to come into this profession and love it. There are going to be some shitty times. There are going to be some great times. There are going to be some mediocre times and stuff like that. And that, and, and that's just every job. It's not, there is no job in this world that you're going to feel 100% fulfilled and excited every single day of your life. They're just, if there is, please, somebody, please tell me. I'm There's still no magic formula like yeah. that. <laughs> but to be able to get out there and, and as we've talked about a numerous times, we've talked about how much we love this profession and, and what we do to enrich our own education in the profession post-graduation, years and years into working here. I mean, one of the things that we do, you know, one, with this podcast, and two, you know, when we talk about our traveling and things like that, we talk about what we do to enrich our love for the profession and taking back the snappy little you hating architecture comment because you don't. I mean, you know, we all have experiences of, you know, ups and downs and everything else. I just don't want, I, I think a lot of times, and you're right, you are absolutely right, Neil, that you may have 90% of the people who take a job as an intern who basically just kind of get like the really crappy tasks or things like that. And then you'll find those places that really enrich their experience and, and really want to show them what architecture is really about. And, and I'm, glad that that you guys are doing that for this guy you know because 
that's that's what we need to be doing. We don't need to be giving them just the menial tasks. We need to be taking them out on site. We need to be taking them to client meetings and stuff and really kind of enriching what they, you know, letting them see everything. Because, you know, when we all went to um, architecture school, when we we didn't know what we were getting into. That's why we do this podcast. And exactly. And that, <laughs> right? that, that is exactly, and that's where I was going is like, we do this because we had a different experience and we want all of those people to have anybody who's asking us for advice on what they should do in all of it, yours, mine, Evans, all of it is a valid path forward for this one listener who was looking for advice on what she should do in kind of this gap year. And all of it's valid. All of it works. But I, I would suggest if you are individualized gonna, experiences, yeah, if, if you are going to do that, I mean, you know, and maybe it's a, um, a mixture of all of it. Maybe, maybe do go work for a firm, you know, maybe find a, you know, a summer job or maybe a winter job or something like that, where you can work in an architecture firm. But I would, I would hit up somebody like Arc Daily or some big website and say what you want to say, you want to document a year before school oh, yeah. on an architectural study and, and ask them if you can write for them or do oh, something yeah. oh, that, where you could chronicle this idea. or make a podcast, right? Or, or start a YouTube channel or do something and, and the opportunities will come. You yeah. will find firms will be clamoring for you because you will be a storyteller. I could just think that my mind is racing about oh, the <laughs> opportunity. It totally is. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, and I mentioned one thing, though, that I think I want to just touch back on the work experience part of it, is that when you're working at a firm, I think there's a difference between working in an internship for maybe three months when you're working over a summer and the experience that this person's had working in an internship over an entire year. Because I think that you can plan a little differently. You you, you have a different attitude towards this employee, yes. right? Because they're basically an employee at this point. And you can think about the tasks that you're giving them a little bit differently because it's you know that they're going to be on a project for longer or multiple projects and I would say, at least in this one person's case, that, you, well, any person's case, your uh, individual talents and abilities will dictate what you get to do and work on in an office. Not every office, right? I mean, we all have heard the stories of the big office and you sit and you draw uh, toilet details for a year or two or whatever. But in our office, it's not, we don't have tasks like that. So find the right office, first off, uh, that you can have a wide range of experiences with. But I would also say that based upon your own individual talents and abilities, you're going to have an opportunity to do possibly lots of different things. So, I mean, if you, if you go into the office and you sit there with your headphones on and you just are an average employee or you, you, know, you kind of do okay, you make a lot of mistakes or you don't take the initiative, then yeah, you're going to get that intern experience. But if you show a lot of initiative or you're given a task and you go above and beyond and you take care of problems and issues that you weren't even asked to do, but they're part of the project and you step up, you're going to have 
plenty of opportunities to do lots of different things and become a real contributing member to a team, not just some quote unquote intern that sits in the corner and draws bathroom details. With their headphones in all day. And I totally With their headphones in all day. So I I just want to preface that, that your experience of doing something like a year of working in an internship can be whatever you want it to be. And based upon your own talents and, and initiatives and being bold, right? So think of it that way as well. I think that's good. That's good advice. And that and yeah. typical internships over the summer are kind of like studio. They're fast paced, and you don't you don't get very deep. Right. Right. So right. the the opposite. If you have a year, you could definitely have a a, a much bigger, deeper plan. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and we've we've had I've had interns like that that take a year off between, like, say, their bachelor's degree and their master's degree, and and they are working towards getting money and experience and stuff like that. And so they do work in the firm and, and you try to do give them kind of a broader range. It's a, it's a slightly more in-depth studio and they do get to be involved with projects and do get to go out on site and do get to go to client meetings and things like that. And so, you know, as well as I do, Neil, that I would absolutely not shrug off that practical work experience as being part of your resume when you're graduating and you're going to get that first job post-graduation in a firm, you know, to be able to show them, you know, Hey, I've got a year or two, or in my case, four years of experience prior to graduation of working in an office. So they're not just comparing you to another guy that has no experience. And then here you are with experience. They're going to look at you and they're going to say, "I, I want this person because this person knows how to work in an office and they know what's expected of them. And, and, sure. and and that's absolutely great. But just shut up for a second and give Evan and I the opportunity to <laughs> live vicariously through her and, you know, have this joy of learning to discover architecture. Boundless possibilities. Absolutely. I think between the three of us that we've given three different there's a lot to opportunities choose, a lot to there's there. a lot oh, yeah. to choose yeah. from so i think this is exactly i want to know who's you're gonna choose mariah i want to know who <laughs> you have to choose one i want her to keep in touch with us and let her <laughs> have us follow along on this journey because whatever it, it is it's gonna be fun I'd like to know how it turns out absolutely all right well i think we've given lots of good examples of things to do and hopefully she'll Follow up with us and let us know how it goes. So let's end this episode by reminding everybody that it was brought to you by RCAT. And we really appreciate them for sponsoring the show. And the music is by System Kid. You can subscribe to ArcaSpeak on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Play. And listen directly on our site at ArcaSpeakPodcast.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. And please make sure you stay subscribed and we'll catch you next time. Safe travels. Don't listen to Neil, Mariah. (laughs) (laughs) I accept your apology.
and all the 